Our topic is Chav Chassivin, right? Today is the 80th anniversary of the Rebbe's arrival in New York. And I, I'm going to do what I always do, which means I'm going to give you one part of it. The seminary algos, I'm going to give a different part of it. So the story that I remember, it says in the WhatsApps that it was Tovshin Memvov. It was not Memvov. No way it was Memvov. It was probably Memdalit. Nobody knew the date that the Rebbe came to America, which really doesn't make any sense because it was so easy to figure out, but nobody figured it out. Until they started printing the Fiedrich Rebbe Zigris Kaidish, and you could look it up. It, was, it may even have been Mem Gimel, it was for sure not Mem Vov, Mem Vov is because I wasn't here, and I remembered the story, I was there. They printed the Fiedrich Rebbe Zigris Kaidish, and the Igus Kedish, they printed a letter from the Friedrich Rebbe written to a chassid from Boston named Rabdovid Meir Rabinovich, Rabinowitz, telling him that the Rebbe and the Rebbe came that day. It was a Monday, Chav Chassid and Tav So Meir Harlig, that year, Chav Chassid got up by the Fabrengen and he put a bottle of mashke and he announced that there's going to be a Fabrengen. Now that we know the date, and again, it's strange that we didn't know the date until then. But now that we know the date, we're going to make a big fabring in the cover. The Rebbe is coming to America, and the Rebbe said loud. But he said it with a lebedic tone. Ishu I didn't come alone. I didn't come alone. I came with the Rebbe. Now, the, the older group say was Memvov, 86. It can't be 86. I wasn't here, 86. And that Ishu I'll never forget. I was there. It, wasn't, it was Memdalad, maybe even Mem Gimel. It's a mistake. It pushed that but it's not correct. So this became a yomtif. And of course, Nun Aleph, 1991, which was the 50th anniversary of the Rebbe's coming to America, the Rebbe made himself a big shtudim out of it. First of all, they printed a kuntris, Chofches Sivin, Tinasei. In 1991, there was a purple, maroon, purple kuntris, a very dark red. Kuntris called Kuntris Chofches Sivin, which had some sikhs, it had some imodim, it also had a brief history of the Rebbe's wanderings from the time the Rebbe left Paris until he was able to, to embark. He, the Rebbe left Europe from Lisbon, Spain. And there's a detailed accounting of how the Rebbe moved back and forth from place to place. The Rebbe left Paris a little bit before Shavuos in 1940. And he left Europe about a week or 10 days after Shavuos, a year later. So Rebbe spent about a little bit more than a year. I guess you could say it's an exact solar year in the south of France, in, in Vichy and in Nice and in other places, the Rebbe uh, boarded a ship in Spain, in Lisbon, and he came to New York and he arrived on a Monday, so what happened was, the Rebbe went to the oil that day. And the Rebbe said that he was gonna give out this kuntris, this purple kuntris, to everybody. I think the Rebbe gave it us for $2 and it came in also a plastic bag. So, the Chevran, the Chmodos on the Rebbe, the Rebbe's fasting. And by the oil, the Rebbe stood a whole day on his feet. And the Rebbe could go to the oil for hours. It wasn't like the Rebbe got older, the oil got shorter. The Rebbe could send 10 hours by the oil also. So the Gavai, the Zangezunstark, Velvel Katz, Zev Katz, announces the Kuntereisim Zanin, I'll never forget it. The Kuntereisim Zanin is great. The Kuntereisim, that's the perfectly wrong grammar. It's <laughs> <laughs> straight from Poland. Kunteresim are not ready. Make an interruption. They push it one that the Rebbe should go upstairs, push it, sit down and eat something, and then they would give it to Kunteresim from the place that they would give the house. They pulled that off once before. They got away with it on a previous occasion. 
where the Rebbe, they, want, they wanted the Rebbe to take a break, so they announced that the Kuntus Menarelim. So the Rebbe comes off his place, and he walks over to the little table, and he, he announces, Instead of an interruption, make a continuation, and he spoke a second sicha. Very quickly, the Kunteresim were ready. <laughs> so the Rebbe spoke twice. He spoke after, I guess after Minach, after Maidabistame. And then he came down from his place. You could see in the Sikha that there's three asterisks. Anyway, so the Rebbe in that Sikha spoke officially about the whole business of coming to America, Chatzikadar Atachten. If, if you're familiar with the Sikha, that's called Beis Rabbeinu Shebebevel. I don't know if you're familiar with that Sikha. Kuntus Beis Rabbeinu Shebebevel. Do you know what I'm talking about or not? That came out the winter of Nunbeis, the following winter. The second half of that Kuntus is based on the Sikha that the Rebbe said four months before, Chof Chassim Toshin Nun Aleph, where he speaks about 770, seven times 100, and seven times 10, and 770 is with Matriya All of those Oishit, which are the Sikh of Kuntas Beis Abedin Shavuot, are already Mugger in the Sikh of Chof Chassim Toshin Nun Aleph. And the Rebbe spoke about this whole business of coming to America. So this is what I'm going to do. I mean, there's a lot of people that can know that. I'm, this is our, today's topic is Chof Chassim, okay? No excuses, no. It's not an introduction, this is the topic. So I have three classes, you and two seminary aleph. So then I'm going to tell the story, you I'm going to bore with the philosophy. Um, and I want to, I'll give you a little background. The beginning of it is a letter from the Friedrich Rebbe to the Rebbe, which is printed in English, based on a letter which the, which the Rebbe wrote to the Friedrich Rebbe. Our Rebbe in the 1930s, I don't know if it was from Berlin or from Paris, wrote a letter to his father, the Friedrich Rebbe, which begins with the words, Shamaiti Shmua. I heard a rumor in the name of the Alta Rebbe, The Rebbe writes in a letter, he heard a rumor, he probably from Sibachsidim, that the, that the Alta Rebbe said that the Torah wasn't given in America. So the Rebbe asked the Friedrich Rebbe to explain it to him and so on. So the Friedrich Rebbe Kedakei Bakhaydish, he's very generous with Klaal, but he's especially generous with his son-in-law, answers him. And the letter begins, Shaila, question. And he quotes verbatim the Rebbe's letter to him, Shemaiti Shmua, that's because the Rebbe's letter we don't have. But the Friedrich Rebbe begins the letter by quoting the Rebbe's letter to the Friedrich Rebbe, word for word. Then comes Shmaina, the answer. And he says, you probably are referring to this Shmua, referring to a Maimed, from the Alter Rebbe, which the Friedrich Rebbe then quotes, and then there's an explanation that goes on for many pages. And the Nekuda that the Rebbe writes, the Friedrich Rebbe writes in this letter is, that there's two Madregas. There's a Madrega called Sevev Kalalman, and there's a Madrega called Mamale Kalalman, right? Sevev Kalalman, it's a higher light, it's Bekomokam Bishov, it's all over, the, it's everywhere the same, but it's harder to access because it's infinite. Mamalek Alamin is a much closer light. It's individuated. It's personalized. It's easier to access because it's closer to us, but it's a lower light. And the Friedrich Rebbe says, Matan Teir has two Madregas. There's Matan Teir and the of Sevev Kalalmin, and there's Matan Teir and the Madrega of Mamalek And he says, Matan Teir and the Madrega of Sevev Kalalmin was the whole globe. In America, just like Baharsin, no differences. But the other thing about Matan Teir, that Matan Teir is an Indian Pnimi, this is what the Alter Rebbe meant when he said that the Torah wasn't given in America. And the Rebbe explains, the Friedrich Rebbe explains, and of course the Rebbe talks about this a lot, 
that the closer you are to Eretz Yisrael, and the closer you are to Har Sinai, the closer you are to this light, the Pneumius Deca light of the Teda which was given at Matan Teda. This is the, this is the foundation of the conversation. So from this became the language which the Rebbe would use so often that we also sort of use it. That expression, the lower half of the globe, is based on this letter which the Friedrich Rebbe is explaining to the Rebbe about the question of whether Matan Teda was given in America. Now I want to tell you two stories. I have a small problem. <laughs> the second story I'm about to tell you is probably not true. But it's such a good story. <laughs> what kind of hypocrite am I? Uh, I, I I've, I've known this story for years. I've told the story for years. And then I made the terrible mistake of telling the story to a relative of the person with whom the story occurred. So he told me that didn't happen. I said, what are you talking about? It's in a hundred books. He says, yeah, show me. I opened up a book that I thought it was in. And the taka wasn't there. <laughs> so he told me the correct story but I'm telling the story the Teichen Advarim is Emes the first story is in a book that's called The Saving of the Bells at Ebed there's a book, a big fat book in English that the Bells of Chassidim gave out about it was written originally in Hebrew, I read it in English about saving the life of the Battle of Bells the Holy Rebbe, the Battle of Bells who survived the Second World War alone. He came to Israel in 1944. He passed away in 1957. Had a very deep, very deep relationship with the Rebbe. They met twice only. But he was a very big tzaddik. He was a godly man. Mom is a big, big tzaddik. In this book, on saving the bells of the Rebbe, there's a long introduction. The introduction is a brief history of bells, of the whole Hasidus of bells. Bells had four big Rebbes. And they were giants. They were talking Gruyse Tzadikim. God Gruyse Mensch. The second Bells of Rebbe's name was the Bishua of Bells. They called them the Middle Aruv. I once asked the Bells of Chosset. They called their Rebbe's Dafke Aruv, not Rebbe. So I asked him and he answered me. He didn't like the question. I didn't like his answer. They called Dafke the Aruv, Nish the Rebbe. Aruv Paskin Chalas. I said, Rebbe. Whatever. I, we didn't, that argument went no place. The second Belzer Rebbe, Shia the Belzer, would from a Chabad angle be considered the greatest of the Belzer Rebbe's, although they would never tell you that. Why? Because he created outreach in Galicia. In Galicia, which is where millions of Jews lived, Galicia is Poland, Austria-Hungary, the Belzer Rebbe's did Kirov. It was his in Achap. He created an organization called Machaziki Adas. They had newspapers. They had groups. And it wasn't for Bells of Sidim, it was for people who became more modern. Bells and Galicia was involved in Kirov. Akadekach, the Rebbe Rashab, the Friedrich Rebbe's father, made in Russia Machaziki Hadas, same name, to be Makar of Yidnu becoming more modern. I would put money down that he pushed, took the name from the Bells. In other words, the Bells of Rebbe, the, the second of the Bells of Rebbe made Machaziki Hadas probably in the 1880s. The Rebbe Rashab made it in 1902, Samach but anyway, this is Mishila Belzer, who passed away in 1894. It gives you a sense of time. 1894 means 127 years ago. Nundalit. Was visited by a mishlachas of American Jews. A delegation of American Jews came to the Belzer in the 18... Had to be the early 1890s. He passed away in 1894. And they said, Jews have come to America en masse. There were already millions of Jews living in America. 
they started coming in big numbers after the civil war, in the 1880s, the pogroms that happened in Russia. And you know, you come to a new country, everybody's very poor and very dependent and very dust. By the 1890s already, there were a couple of Yidden who could sort of raise their heads. And they realized that if Judaism in America has a future, they need Gedalim. They need, they need leaders. And they came to the Belzer Rebbe in Galicia and asked him to send a Yid to lead the community of Jews in America. So the Belzer Rebbe said, the light of the Baal Shem Tev is not in America. I cannot send one of my people go to the Eilam Misha, go to what we would call Mesnagdim. They were not Mesnagdim, the non-Chassidim. The Belzer Rebbe, Rabbi Shia Lebelzer said, the light of the Baal Shem Tev is not in America. I cannot send one of my people go to the Eilam Misha. So they went to Rabbi Yitzchak Al-Khanan of Kovna. You've heard the name Yitzchak Al-Khanan, yeah? He was, he lived in Russia. He was, he was a godl. He was a real godl. He was a big askin. He also passed away in the 1890s. And they asked him to send a godl. And he sent RJJ, Rabbi Yankov Yosef. Rabbi Yankov Yosef was called the Rav Akkadl of New York. He was sort of the chief rabbi of New York. He came to America. And they hated him. They sucked his blood. He fought for kashness. He want, his thing was kashness. Had he been a chassid, he would have worried about chinuch. I'm going to gamble. But his thing, and they fought him tooth and nail. And when he died, over a million people came to his funeral. I mean, perfect American treatment. You kill a guy, and then you make a, make a levaya, and you say how much you love them. But this is the story. So they come to a chassid Rebbe that they need Gedalim in America. He says, the Baal Shem Tev is not in America, go to the Misnagim. Now comes the second story. And again, I don't know if the story is even true. But it's a good story anyway. That's so terrible. It's so bad. But the Teichen is a richtige. The meaning of the story is Emes. That in Tov Shin Yud, this is the year the Friedrich passed away, the Rebbe always made a Fabrengen for Simchas Beis Hashem. The Rebbe always made a Fabrengen and Chalamei Tzukas. And this Fabrengen was uh, for the Tamid Yeshiva. Tamid Yeshiva Barachim would come. Rashi Yeshivas. After the Fabrengen, Matl Shusterman, Allah Shalom, and Label Groner, Allah Shalom, went over to the Rebbe, the Ramash, and they complained that they missed the Fabrengin because they were busy working on the Maimir. The Friedrich Rebbe gave out a Maimir for Simchasteide that year, and Label and Matl were working typesetting the Maimir, and they missed the Fabrengin, and they feel like it's not fair. Now, <laughs> why were they doing the Maimir during the Fabrengin? Because the Maimir was the last minute, because the Rebbe was always the last minute. So the Rebbe said, okay, we'll make another Fabrengen tonight. And there was a second Fabrengen. That second Fabrengen is very famous. Anybody who was there never forgot it. The Rebbe took a lot of mashke and he told everybody what he needed to say. It was a, a gewaldic agilu. It was a very, very special Fabrengen. And a lot of the notes from that Fabrengen, I have stories written down of individual people that the Rebbe picked down by that Fabrengen. He turned to them to label and model. And he said, Ich zum Schwer. I went to the Friedrich Rebbe and I said that the label of Motlam Garbet of Maimed and the Rebbe got from them Nachas This is what the Rebbe told them I went into the Friedrich Rebbe and I told them that the label of Motlam are working on the Maimed and the Rebbe had Nachas Ruach You need a Fabrengen This is what the Rebbe said But one of the people that Fabrengen was the Lubavitcher Bachrol whose father was a Chassid Rebbe a Polish Rebbe a Goibneri a special man lived in Crown Heights the father used to go into the Friedrich Rebbe often 
and the door was always open for him. They never told him what they told the young people, that Rebbe can't breathe. He was an Adam Choshev. So this Fabrengen then returns to his son and says, your father comes to the field he can have all the time. But does he bring the Balabatim from his shul? Does he bring the Balabatim from his shul? So he says, no. So the Rebbe says to him, tell me, if your father knew that the Baal Shem Tev was in New York, would he bring his people? If your father knew that the Baal Shem Tev was in New York, would he bring his people? He says, of course. He says, Gezog dem Tatum, go tell your father that the Baal Shem Tev is in New York. And his address is 770 Eastern Park, we're on the second floor, and he should bring his people. This is the story. Now recently, I, I made the mistake of telling the story over to one of the grandchildren of this mishpacha, and I was corrected. The Maisen Yitemis, I don't know what to tell you. This story is so, it's part of my hard drive. I heard the story so many times, so many years ago, but so even if the story isn't true, but the toichen is an emis. We don't understand Ruchnius. We don't understand Ruchnius. But it's not Poshit that America became a Mokum Tater. The fact that America became, you know, America is Nishtandish. America became what the old country was is not just a question of people who wear nice ties and speak a good English going around and encouraging people to attend the mitzvahs. There's, there's a war between Kedusha and Klippa. And there's no question that until the Fnidik and Ebba got here, that Mata Tehru was not in America. So the story, the first story, the Oira the Baal Shem Tev was not in America. The Ebish is not the Balabos of America. He is the Balabos of America. The Ened Mavad, the Ebish. But the ability to live as a Yid without any compromise and without any other priorities, any other adifus, in this country, this requires that the Baal Shem Tev comes to America. That Matanteira has to come to America. And that's the pshat that the Rebbe came here. The Friedrich Rebbe was successful, and the Rebbe is successful. Not because they're great Askonim, because <laughs> they're, they know, they're Hebralite, they know how to organize stuff, and they know how to make things happen, you know. Elie Wiesel always says the Rebbe knew which person to send to which place. It's true. It's a lakus, it's a koyachalaki. A tzaddik, a rebbe, is, I mean, this is the expression the rebbe uses, atmos and host, malubish and akuf gashmi. Godliness came to America. And when godliness comes to America, it invades America. And it makes a space for itself in America. And then it expands that space. And it expands that space. And it expands that space until America becomes the same thing Europe was. In other words, the rebbe's coming to America. I'll give you a dogma, yeah? There was a Yid in Pittsburgh, his name was Absalom Posner. Absalom Posner. He was one of the Shluchim from the early, early years. His whole life was Shlichus. And in the early years, it was very hard. It was very hard. Everything was so difficult. To get a child was hard, to get a dollar was hard, to get a building was hard, to get a malamid was hard. The Mesiris Nefesh was incredible. With very small returns. A young man goes today on Shlichus and in one year he accomplishes what someone back then accomplished in a decade and a half. And it's ten times easier. The Friedrich Rebbe once said to the Sholem Poison and Yechidis, Du was akir in the Farzein, Unichel farvasarim et manitrerim. Friedrich says, you're going to be in Pittsburgh, you're going to plow, you're going to seed, I will water your efforts with my tears. The Friedrich Rebbe used to sit in his room and cry. Push it. The Fidik in other words, a tzaddik, a rebbe has a koyach. Pnimi. It's not about 
his ingenuity and his leadership. It's about his kedusha, his, his personal holiness. Like you read about the Pshimba Yechoi, as long as he was alive, there was no rainbow. He, he, the whole generation was affected by his presence. A Rebbe Tzadik comes to America, the Tater came to America. Not the Tater came to America, that the big Talmud Chacham was a good teacher. That was before us. The Lakus, you know, to use the language of Lubavitcher Chsidim, Chsidim Bechlau, the Evan Tev Shebekesel HaMelech showed up in New York. The, the precious stone, which is the foundation of the king's crown, rolled off a boat in a wheelchair in Taesa the Shani Tovshin in 1940. And then, of course, a year and three months later, the Rebbe came. This is the story. So it's not the Pshat that before then Yidin didn't care, and after then the Friedrich Rebbe made them care. That's true, maybe also. But the Friedrich Rebbe brought the Koyach, the Friedrich Rebbe brought the Koyach key to make America what the old country was. And again, I'm, I'm saying that Lushen again. The Friedrich Rebbe brought Matadeira to America. He brought Matadeira to America. So what did the Rebbe say? In the Sikh of Chavchas Nisan, Tavchasim Toshanav, what did the Rebbe, Tavchinunalav, the 50th anniversary of the Rebbe's arrival to New York, the Rebbe celebrated it. He made it into a Yom Tif. Even though it was a personal Yom Tif, it was about his coming to America. The Rebbe celebrated Chav Chassiv and Tavshin Nalef as a Tavshin Nu Nalef as a Yom Tif for all of us. What did he say in that Sikh? So the gist of the Sikh is this. The Nekudah is, I'll use these Oisius, the Kavona Sabriyad, the reason for the creation of the world was to elevate everything, to lift everything up. To elevate things and to lift things up Certainly in the Zmanagolas, you have to go there. Every country has sparks. Every place has good and bad. And to elevate the good and to correct that land, you didn't have to go to that place and they have to lift it up. And when they finish, they move to the next place. And when they finish, they move to the next place. It says in Sfarim, the reason it says in Chumash, that you're not allowed to go back to Mitzrayim because there's nothing to do in Mitzrayim. All the sparks in Mitzrayim hidden elevated. It's done, finished. To stop living Mitzrayim on Atayelis is no point. And you should know, I love to say this, that in the, in, the, in the last years, the Rebbe was visited a few times, more than once, with a suggestion to rebuild Judaism in Poland. Before the war, there were three million Jews in Poland. And the Polish Agoyim, they're big anti-Semites, great anti-Semites. But they, 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 you're trying to figure out who these people that they helped kill are. They want Jews back in Poland. I went about to kill them again. I don't know what they want them for. But there was an, a thought to bring Yidin back into Poland. And they visited the Rebbe, Chaskel Besser, Oliver Shalom, and Ronnie Lauder, and other people. A scholar with a lot of money, who were going to put their money where their mouth was, to build a community of Jews from, in Poland. Now, what it meant practically was that the Jews who were leaving Russia, a whole bunch of them, by the way, went to Germany. So they were thinking that the Jews would move to Poland and build a Jewish community in Poland. And the Rebbe said on dollars, I see no future for the Jewish people in Poland. And he added, the Jewish people are there have to be supported and helped and provided for. But to bring Jews back into Poland, I see no point. And he says it, the Pashtis, with a Rebbe's clarity. Now, what does the Rebbe mean? There's different people who tell you different things. My opinion is, the Rebbe is saying the sparks of Poland are gone. Whatever Yidin needed to do in Poland is done. To stop living in Poland, there's no point. So here's what the Rebbe said in that Sikh. That for whatever reasons, this Seder of Birurim goes from easier to harder, from closer to farther. 
the first sparks that are elevated are in the areas and the countries closest to Eretz Yisrael and closest to Har Sinai. And over the course of Golos, we move further and further and further away. And the Pashtus, the reason is because the sparks of godliness, which are in countries which are further away from Eretz Yisrael, are lower and they're much more difficult to elevate. So you need much more koyach, which comes from the avoid that we did in earlier generations, to be able to elevate them. And the Rebbe says, that's the story of Golos. You can come to a country, and they establish themselves, and they live there for a while, they do what they need to do, and then they move from one place to another place. And you also know the Medrish, the very tragic Medrish, the Rebbe did not say in the Sikhe, but this Medrish we know in our blood, that when a Yid moves from a country to a country in time of Golas, it's not like the Abisha sends him a telegram, you're finished in Spain, move to Hungary. Or you're, you're finished in Asia Minor, you're finished in Bovel, move to Spain. Or to France, or to England. It's called Shal Shaloi Shal Yidin move in the times of Golas from Tzadus. Every time Yidin moved from a country to a country, the Abisha was moving them. But the moves were very painful. It wasn't experience like, a, okay, lech lecha. wasn't shlichus, you understand. They were, they were forced to leave countries with a sword and with tzadus tzadus. So the Rebbe said, the last Beirut is America. The farthest and the lowest place from Eretz Yisrael is America. And the Rebbe said, these Beirutim are left for last. These sparks are the last ones to be elevated. And the Rebbe coming to America begins the process of the Avedis Amirudim on the lowest levels. And he added, it's not the Pshat that we're elevating America also, but Fakir, the Rebbe is here. The source of the work of preparing the world for Mashiach, the source of the work of spreading Yiddishkeit to the whole world and spreading Chassidus to the whole world is Dafke from the lowest part of the globe, where the Rebbe is. The lower half of the globe, where the Rebbe is. It radiates from there to the whole world, including to the higher half of the globe, including Eretz Yisrael. And of course, of course, a very important part of this is Shlichus. A Shliach comes to a country, the Shliach of the Rebbe, has been said a thousand times. Shluchim sometimes have very great hardships. Hardships that other people doing the exact same work don't experience. If you, you speak to Shluchim, you hear their stories. Every Shliach has a different story. <laughs> but you go to a place and it's very, very hard for a very, very long time, and then all of a sudden it stops being hard. For all, for all kinds of reasons. But one of the explanations is when a shliach comes to a place, he's carrying the curse of the Rebbe. So he's carrying the burden that the Rebbe carries. A shliach doesn't understand what's the significance of his... He, he, he knows his job. is to find Jews, is to give them to mitzvahs. But what's being accomplished spiritually by his being there, because he's representing the Rebbe, because the shliach of the Rebbe, they don't always understand. And oftentimes, shluchim have difficulties because the shliach being in a place is bringing the Rebbe to that place. Just like the Rebbe came to New York, the Rebbe came to here and to there and to someplace else. And to break these things through is quite difficult. So this is what the Rebbe spoke. That Chav Ches Sivin marks the beginning, even though the Rebbe had come a year before the Fidik Rebbe, it marks the beginning of America being the source of, of Yiddishkeit and Afotza for the whole world. And of course, the Rebbe explained this is the last beater. Before Mashiach the Kind, this is the last beater. Because the Rebbe gave the Moshe, which is what look at the Tere. 
that if you want to lift up a building, you have to lift it up from the bottom. Now this building is lifted up from the top. That's what's strange about it. The first birur of the place is closest to Eretz Yisrael. The last birurim are this, these birurim. You have to lift it up from the bottom. And the Rebbe, in, in, in the Kutateri, you have a moshal, kemoshal haliver. You know what a liver is? It's a, it's, a, it's a Yiddish word, a Russian word. A lever. If you want to lift something up from the ground, and you can't get your hands underneath it. So you put next to it a rock, and then you wedge, you push a piece of wood under it, and you use the stone as leverage to raise it up. That's the moshal of the liver. And the Rebbe brings this moshal that if you want to lift up a building, you have to lift it up from the bottom. And coming to America, this is the final birut. From here we go to the Gula Mitis Vashlema. We're elevating the longest sparks. This is, this is the Yomtev of today. Eighty years ago today, the Rebbe came to America and it starts a whole new dimension in Afatza, in, in bringing Mashiach to Tainam. That's the Kitzir Kala Kitzir. That's the bottom line. That's the Nekudus Adobah. Coming to America. That's the Yomtev. That's the Moye. That's the big deal. I heard from Ayit. A lot of what I'm going to say now is that the Bechin of Tere Shabal Peh. In other words, I don't remember seeing this. I heard it from a teacher of mine. I remember from whom I heard it. But the Rebbe said once that if I bring it, that uh, Lubavitch, Russia, was like Bayesishin. Poland was like Bayesheni. And 77 is like Bayeshlishi. Here we go to the Gula Amitiz Vashleim. I heard another word from Ayid. Also, I heard it in the name of the Rebbe. This is a very powerful word. It's not in the Sikhs as far as I know, but this man told me he heard it from the Rebbe of Fabrengen. That the Rebbe said, as an event, Dry Medinis, there were three countries. There was a country of Teira, there was a country of Avoida, and there was a country of Milos Chasad. He said, from the country of Teira, nothing is left. From the country of Avoida, we survived with Mercedes Nefesh. And the country of Gemilas Chasodim was untouched, and he started to cry. The Rebbe said, the country of Teda is nothing like, he meant Poland. The country of Avoida, we survived with Mercedes Nefesh, he meant Russia. And the country of Gemilas Chasodim, he meant America, we were not touched. The Medina of Gemilas Chasodim was not touched, and the Rebbe started to cry. I heard this myself from the Rebbe once. Well, the Rebbe was talking about American Jews. I mean, the Rebbe have a little bit of a different image of these things. The Rebbe see things differently than we do, for obvious reasons. But I heard this from the Rebbe myself. This is a direct quote. The Rebbe said, The Rebbe had geschick yidden kein America, sie sollen poshet machen asach geld. The Rebbe should send yidden to America, they should simply make a lot of money. And the Rebbe didn't mean make a lot of money and build bigger houses. American money saved our lives. American money rebuilt the Jewish people all over the world, including in Eretz Yisrael after the war. There's no question about it. That's what the Rebbe expressed. American Jews gave and continue to give an enormous amount of tzedakah. Well, this is the last beat. From here we go to Mashiach Tzedkein. So I want you to think about this. This is something which intrigues me. I, I, I'm saying this without any particular source. Lubavitch is 101 years. You know that? The Gantz and Lubavitch is 101 years. 770 is 81 years. The 770's longevity, it, 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 it freaks me out. Is The whole Lubavitch 
The whole Lubavitch is 101 years. 770 is 81 years. When the, free, when the Rebbe Rashab left Lubavitch, so he left on a Sunday, so he was sitting in the wagon, and a lot of this is brought in the footnotes of the Sikh of Beis Rabbeinu, could be to open the footnotes of Chof Chesim. The Rebbe Rashab got into the wagon, and the plan was he was going back. When the Rebbe Rashab left Lubavitch, officially he ran away because there was a war. If you know the history, the reason the Rebbe Rashab left Lubavitch was that there was a tradition, there was a pattern, there was a practice during World War I where the governments would kidnap important Jews. They would kidnap them and then ransom them. Right? There was an Eastern Front and a Western Front. You guys know this better than I. At the Eastern Front, it was Russia and Germany. So the borders were constantly moving. They would come into a city, they would kidnap a prominent Rav and they would ransom him. But the ransom wasn't money. Money would have been also a big deal. The ransom was favors. Jews did not want to get involved in World War I. They really didn't because the war was such a stupid... Getting involved in the war. But daily Yisrael were afraid for their lives. The Rebbe Rashab left Lubavitch because the front was approaching Lubavitch and there was a real fear that they would kidnap him. That's the technical reason why he left. And the plan was he was going to return. Got into the wagon on that Sunday and the Bachar came out to say goodbye and the Rebbe said goodbye to them all. They all expected the Rebbe back in a relatively short time. As he got into that wagon, the Rebbe Rashab said that Lubavitch is given in the Ira Bira. Lubavitch was the capital of Chassidus for I think he said for 101 years. If you're familiar with the Sikhs, some places there's 101, some places there's 102, and some places there's 103. How do you work that out? For this you have to be Der Shiri Shumas, Der Shir you have to understand all the Sayyidis Atayra. But if you look at the footnotes of the Sikha based Rabbeinu, you'll see that they bring all the different sources. But if I'm not mistaken, it's 101 years. And now Lubavitch is going into Gauls. We didn't say the Rebbe Rashab understood that this is a one-way trip. He's not coming back. The Rebbe Rashab looked for a house for a few years. It was the middle of a war. It was very difficult to find a place for him to settle, which would be sufficient for his needs and for his accommodations. And he settled in Rastov, which was very far away from Lubavitch, because he pushed couldn't find lodging anyplace else. The Rebbe Rashab moved into an apartment building, okay? The Rebbe moved into an apartment building. It's a very weird way of living. In Lubavitch, there was Onashir land, you understand? In the Shtetal of Lubavitch, I visited Lubavitch a few years ago, there's thousands and thousands of miles of just grass. There's a house, a house. It's, the center of Russia is, the real estate's pretty cheap. I don't know if they're selling it, but it's pretty cheap. But Rastov was a big city. And he pushed it, took an apartment. He rented an apartment and he eventually bought it. And the Rebbe Rashab commented, Yeshiva's krach in kosher. To live in a big city is hard. To live in a big city is hard. The Rebbe Rashab designed and built a mikveh, which is there, Adaye Mazer, in Rastov. The water from that mikveh, the water from the mikveh, from that mikveh, survived the entire 70 years of the Soviet regime. They found the mikveh covered over with cement and the water was still in the bay. The water, the mikveh water that the Rebbe Rashab put in there before the Bolsheviks came into Rastov was there when the Bolsheviks were gone. It's one of those important pieces of, of Pnibius Dike Hasidish history. Is that water still there? The water's still there. I don't know why. I would take from the mikveh. It was this high. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand everything. The the the, 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 the rainwater 
void is the same rainwater. I think I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. It's, it's so interesting to me. Then, a few years after that, the Friedrich was forced to leave Russia. The Friedrich Rebbe left right after Simchas Tere. The day after Simchas Tere. Simchas Tere by the Fabrenge. The Friedrich Rebbe asked Chassidim to make an announcement that everybody should hear it. In other words, there were many, many people who came to the Rebbe for Simchas Tere. The Rebbe was afraid that not everybody would get the message. So the Rebbe asked people to be fast on this message. It's printed in the Sikhs. That this that people are saying, that my departure from Russia is because of a hafchadah, because of fear, or because of a threat, or because of blackmail, should know that this is foolish. It's a narishkat. The Rebbe says, anybody who knows me knows that I'm not afraid of anybody. And my departure from Russia is not because of fear. And he said the Loshan, the Fidi Kabbalah said the Loshan, Seder Mesuder Yeshkan. There's a master plan. There's a master plan. In other words, it looks like I'm leaving Russia because I want to save my life. And if you would have asked the Chassidim in Russia, that's what they would have told you. I mean, I heard a story recently with a pretty, pretty reliable source that the Fidi Kabbalah didn't want to leave. And the Anash, Yankel Shuravit said, came to the Fidi Kabbalah and said, Rebbe, you got to leave the country. They're coming after you again. And the Fidi Kabbalah didn't want. And the Chassidims are in Tugishtanen. And the end of the story is, I heard this from a good source, that the Friedrich Rebbe said, I owe 25,000 American dollars in debt. 25,000 American dollars in 1927 was today millions and millions of dollars. I can't live without paying my debt. So Friday they wired the Israel Jacobson, all of us Shalom, and they told the Rebbe Jacobson that the Friedrich Rebbe needs 25,000 dollars or he's not leaving the country. The details of the story are not important, but by Monday morning the money was wired. <laughs> How they got that money is a parsha. Monday the money was wired. And the, the telegrams on the American side they have. That's how we know the story. And Yanko Zhulovitsa says the Rebbe agreed to leave. This was an of in the summer of 1927. So when he left after Sumchas the following year, he said, don't think I'm leaving because I'm afraid. I'm leaving because there's a plan. Then the Rebbe visited America. The Friedrich Rebbe did. And when he visited America, American Jews asked him to stay. American Jews, there was an official delegation who asked the Friedrich Rebbe to stay in America. But Cloud, all the Gedalim who came to America said terrible things about the future of American Jewry. The Friedrich Rebbe said, and he said amazing things about American Jewry. You could see there's a newspaper article where somebody asks the Friedrich Rebbe, all the Gedalim who came here said that there's no future for Jews in America. You're the only one who sees the bright future of Jews in America. And the Friedrich Rebbe basically said, Let's wait and see who's right. <laughs> Let's see who's right. So a delegation of American Jews asked the Friedrich Rebbe to stay and the Rebbe said, I want to think about it. I'm going to answer you in a letter. The Rebbe left America in 1930 in Tamas. That means in July. He wrote a letter in Elo, two months later, which is in September. And in the letter he writes, he thanks American Jews for how they greeted him and how they helped him. And the COVID that they gave him. He said, I'm going to get to the invite, the request that I should move to America. He doesn't say no. He just says, everything that a person does in Askonos needs to be thought through and be very deliberate, properly planned and properly executed. I am not ready right now. That's what he answers them. Now we know from sources that before the war started, in 1938, the war started in September 1939. In 1938, the Friedrich Rebbe put in papers to emigrate to America. 
we need to say the Rebbe, notwithstanding the war, had felt that the time had come to move to the United States, papers were put in to set in motion a series of steps necessary for the freedom of the America of the United States. When the war came, the fact that those papers had been put in a year before made it a little bit easier for the Rebbe to come to America in 1940, in Tov Shin. So I had a teacher, a co-worker, a teacher, who learned in Atvask in Poland. And he told us about this story that I just told you, that when the American Jews came to the Friedrich Rebbe and they said they should move to America, so publicly he wrote the letter that I just hazard. But privately the Friedrich Rebbe said, Ich will sein Rebbe über Chesidim. Ich will nicht ein Rebbe über die Welt. I want to be a Rebbe to Chesidim, I don't want to be a Rebbe to the whole world. That's what Friedrich Rebbe said. Ich will sein Rebbe über Chesidim, ich will nicht ein Rebbe der Welt. And then, of course, the Rebbe came to this country. And when the Rebbe came to this country, he became a Rebbe Bidavelt. The Rebbe said it. Coming to America made the Rabbeim, the Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe, the Nossi, the Pashtus, and the Poyal over all the Jews in the world. And the Friedrich Rebbe and the Rebbe began a whole new type of Afatasayadas, Afatasamayanas, which begins with Kometz Alifah, and there's no question about it. And then, of course, the punchline of this whole thing is that there's actually a Sikh. Which the Friedrich Rebbe said, I think he said it in New York. Asara Goliath goes to Lubavitch. That's a, that's a lesson from Chazal. That the Chazal say, Asara Goliath goes to Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin was in Lishkas HaGothel. Sanhedrin was in the Beis HaMikdash. And then it couldn't stay in Lishkas, so it left. And it went to a bunch of places. Most of them are in northern Israel. It was in Yavna, and it was in Tveria, and it was here, and it was there, it was in Tzipoidi. The last place that Sanhedrin were was in Tveria, and then it was Nechrav. So the Chazal say that the, the Sanhedrin are going to come back first to Tveria. So the Rebbe used the same Lashna. Sodom Goliath, Lubavitch was exiled ten times. So the Rebbe in the Sikhe, we don't know what the ten Goliaths are, but he mentions from Lubavitch to Rostov, from Rostov to Leningrad, and from Leningrad to Malachavke, and from Malachavke to Rige, and from Rige to Poland, and from Poland to Atvotsk. And, 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 and in America, Gufa, there was a number of different places. We don't know what the ten Goliaths are. Lubavitch went into Goliaths. 770 is the last Golas. 770 is the last Golas. The Rabbeim came here and they made this the source of their work, of their work of So we have a Yomtif. What are we celebrating? We're celebrating the Rebbe. The Rebbe was saved from the Nazis. And like I said, if you want, you send me an email, I'll send you the recordings. The other girls, I'm going to tell the stories. You, I gave the philosophy to, the boring part, yeah. But I'm going to tell the seven and a half girls the story a little bit, whatever I know. Wait one second, wait, I want to say one more thing. We are celebrating Yiddishkeit. Of course, we're celebrating that soul of the Rebbe's life. Beklala, I was thinking about it this morning. Chassidim, forgive me for saying this. Chassidim's relationship with the Rebbe is almost like people follow sports athletes. I teach Bacharim. And in the morning, before Chassidus and after Chassidus, before film and after film, they're talking about baseball. It's very important. And so they kochsech in it. It's so negeya. It's so interesting to watch. I mean, I was once that when I was 10 years old. I'll be admitted. I was not, but when I was about 10 bar mitzvah, those things went away. But they're a lot after bar mitzvah. And you watch people's negeya. They have, it's as if they know these athletes personally. They have a love relationship with these people. The chosset rebbe relationship has that aspect. You know what a fan is? There's a baseball fan. A fan means a fanatic. That's what it means. Fan is an abbreviation of fanatic. 
the Chosad Rebbe relationship is a relationship that's it's crazy. And you, may, you love a sports guy because he throws the ball, he hits a Bokhmis. We love a Rebbe, why? Because he doesn't let us sleep, and doesn't let us eat, and doesn't <laughs> let us enjoy life. He makes us work hard, he makes us feel guilty. Exactly what's the love? But that's what, that's so, so special about the Chosad Rebbe. Bemis. We're fanatics. We're fanatics about the Rebbe. We love him, we adore him, we can't stop talking. Every little detail is so important, even though it's like, who cares? It's very hard to explain why, but that's one of the gifts that the Baal Shem Tev gave the world, is that simple people like us, who don't understand this Tater necessarily, but we love him, we absolutely adore him, and we celebrate everything about him. But what is he? He's Yiddishkeit. He's Mashiach, he's Matan Tater, he's the Abish Tekvayachol. And this is what we're celebrating. Chof Chesivin. The Rebbe came to America, the Ibishta came to America, the Tater came to America, Mashiach came to America. That's exciting, you understand? That's exciting. So as you walk through the halls and feel happy that Chof Chesivin, contemplate what you're happy about, you understand? And then contemplate who you are. Okay, L'chaim. Yeah.